the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. Is it Monday already? I don't know where that weekend went, but you know what? I'm super excited that it went by because here I am back for another night, another episode tonight, another show on a Monday night, and a whole nother week of getting to hang out with y'all. Glad to have you here with me. As you can tell, I got some pep in my step. I'm feeling better. Those punches to my kidneys didn't knock me out, babies. I rose like a phoenix. How's that for a whole bunch of mixed metaphors? <laughs> I am back and in good spirits in spite of everything that's going on. One of the things that I did, and I got to give a shout out to y'all. First of all, thank you for all the prayers for my health. I'm feeling better. I'm also so appreciative. I'm still, I'm still got a little allergies fighting the sneezes, but um, when I put it out to y'all yesterday on the socials asking for, for a scripture, for some reason I didn't have a scripture to come to me automatically for me to meditate on like usually happens on Sundays. Y'all responded. I had so many great scriptures uh, to ponder, to meditate on yesterday, and it could be why I'm in great spirit. So glad to have you guys here with me tonight. If you miss any part of tonight's show, don't forget the podcast. You can download it wherever you get it, uh, your podcast. Email me at andreakshow.com. I've got some emails. I'm hoping I'm going to have a little time to read some of those to y'all later on in the show. Our 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. Hoping he had a good weekend. Hoping he's fresh. Hoping he's crispy because I don't like my veggies soggy. No, I like them on point, okay? I like everything fresh, and I definitely like the spices to be a little bit of a zing. Of course, I'm talking about my buddy every night now with the AK Show. It's DJ Sesame Broccolini. You got it, dude. Sesame Broccolini. Mm, yummy. <laughs> I had a great weekend, honestly. I put my phone down, I turned off all my screens, and I just enjoyed outside and the fresh air. And I feel really refreshed, and it's good because there's a lot to get to, and it's only Monday. Yeah, and that's why it's really important that especially take advantage of it when we live in America's uh, finest city. Literally so extraordinarily beautiful, fantastic weather. Get out, uh, reconnect with the Lord. For me, it's at the rocks at my beach spot, my undisclosed location, my secret spot that I love so much. Um, I need you refreshed my sesame broccolini because we got to keep serving up the veggies. Speaking of serving up some veggies... <laughs> <laughs> it it went viral. It was trending over the weekend. The rapper 50 Cent. Okay, did I say that right, Sesame Broccolini? Fact check true. 50 Cent. Yeah, fact check true. It's 50 Cent for y'all that don't know 50, okay? When you've lost 50, okay? When 50 Cent comes for you over politics, you have completely, completely gone off the rails. So 50 Cent, 
an alleged rapper, because in spite of the fact that 90s throwback jams and 90s gangster rap is like one of my favorite types of music, I can't, I can't, I can't think of one 50 Cent song, okay? But 50 Cent, he could he couldn't take it, okay? He could not take one more image of Joe Biden on a beach, okay? And it's not just because it'll burn your retinas to see that old dude laid out, but just the image that it sends to Americans and to the world, right? Uh, in fact, I saw a stat today that Joe Biden has spent 40% of his presidency on vacation. 40%. I'm old enough to remember when the left would get hysterical, when George W. Bush would go to his ranch in Texas, right? The the uh, the Texas White House, they would call it. And he worked every time and it was rare. And he wouldn't even go there on Christmas until after. And I'm not a fan of W. Y'all know I ain't got any use for, for Bush light. But uh, I mean, for Clinton light. Um, but nobody has ever spent. And I'm also uh, old enough to remember Donald Trump getting completely... Uh, excoriated for some golfing that he did. Meanwhile, this bozo, Creepy Joe, is out looking to sniff some kid's hair on a beach somewhere in Delaware. So Fiddy about had enough of that and decided, yo, dude, yo, bro, okay? There's a lot of blank going on and you're sitting chilling, okay? But see, here's the thing, Fiddy, okay? And I ain't seen Fiddy this mad since that cheesy, disgusting, pervert, Randall Emmett owed him a million dollars, okay? But here's the thing, Fiddy. Maybe you need to wise up because the reason why Joe Biden has spent 40% of his presidency on vacation on a beach is because it's not his presidency, okay? He's not calling any of the shots. This was a dude who went before the microphones today. I didn't even bother to pull the clip because it's like, why do you need to hear one more instance of him sounding as demented and cognitively gone as he is? He was like, oh, Mike, dude, Mark, dude, you were supposed to introduce me today. I forgot. I went right to the microphones. I mean, it's like, what? Fiddy, you really think this is the dude that's making any decisions whatsoever for this country? Barack Obama is, man. Barack Obama is, and his old school Muslim Brotherhood Chica Valerie Jarrett. That's who's running the country. And I'm also old enough to remember when Donald Trump was running for the presidency and it was he's going to get us into World War Three. Do you remember that Sesame Broccolini? Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. And everybody in the mainstream media was losing their minds and said this was an attack on democracy. But honestly, to bring it back to Biden for a second, I, I don't know if I'd rather see him out there on the beach because, I mean, he's wasting our money, but also then he can't do more damage to the country, theoretically. <laughs> At the Good same point. time, it's why I don't want to see another speaker in the House. Um, Please, Congress, just stop. At the same time, though, I mean, I also don't know if it makes really a difference because, like you're saying, somebody else is calling the shots day to day. It's yeah. not him. So it's like, even if he's gone... Is that making a huge difference? Because what is he doing when he's around? And and is he even really calling the shots? I don't think so. Um, no. And I don't know if he's going to be the nominee. It's an open question for next year. But I still think they're going to try to, I don't know, edge him out, bring somebody else in. I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I don't know what you think, but it's not going well. Well, uh, you know, I, I've, I have maintained from the beginning that he's not going to be the nominee. He wasn't supposed to be for this long. He was supposed to be the placeholder for Kamala. And because... Kamala's Kamala, that plan didn't come to fruition. <laughs> and as long as they can keep him propped up and gaslight the American people, as long as we have enough low information voters out there like Fiddy, 
and others as, as you know, as long as we have enough Americans out there in their 20s and 30s that have been turned into little socialist soldiers for the state out of our uh, education and hash, no, really indoctrination centers. It, I mean, it really, it, it, you know, how is it that he got in there after 2020? And, and one of the things producer Noah used to always say, I think Hugh Hewitt's the one he first heard say it is if it, it if it's not close, they can't cheat. And we, we have enough brain dead Americans that any American that would pull the trigger for him in 2020, let alone still support him shows where the real problem is. And it's really not Joe Biden. The real problem is the American people. But getting back to Trump and World War III, um, it's trending on Twitter today because Trump gave a speech in New Hampshire tonight. I believe he's in Derry, New Hampshire this evening where he paid his money and he's officially you know, running in the primary in New Hampshire. One of the remarks he made was, we're on the brink of World War III and we wouldn't be if I was president. There's a four minute long clip that I couldn't make my way through enough to download it for you guys to listen to tonight. Um, but I believe it was Nicole Wallace, uh, Wallace of the George W. Bush, aka Clinton Light administration. Actually, not even Clinton Light. Uh, it was actually, in many ways, uh, the first term of Barack Obama, but that's a topic for another day. But anyway, Nicole Wallace. Um, said that, you know, things would be way more dangerous if Trump was in office today. This is that's who the Republican Party had as practically chief of staff or Republican president. Um, she's obviously a brain dead bent herself because during the Trump administration, exactly how many wars were happening around the world? Sesame Broccolini. I, mm, I, just, I believe the, it was zero. Yeah. I believe it was peace around the world in mm-hmm. large part. Yeah, we weren't we weren't involved in any proxy wars like going on in Ukraine. In fact, in the run up to the Trump administration, Putin had gone in uh, to Crimea during uh, Barack Obama, did nothing during the Trump administration. And then within seconds, he was on the border and about to go in Ukraine. And we are literally and remember North Korea. Little Kim Jong, little <laughs> rocket man. Trump had him corralled. OK. And and so was China. We didn't have China flying spy balloons over our military installations, sucking up our, all of our intel so that they can use it against us down the road. And we certainly were not on the brink of World War III. And let me tell you guys, we are. Antony Blinken, Secretary of State and Defense uh, Secretary Lloyd Austin, on Sunday said that the U.S. expects Iranian proxies to seek opportunities to escalate the Israel-Hamas war and asserted that the Biden administration is prepared to respond accordingly if armed civilians or armed forces become targets. Blinken said, quote, this is not what we want, not what we're looking for. We don't want escalation. We don't want to see our forces or our personnel come under fire. But if that happens, we're ready for it. SecDef Austin said, what we're seeing is a prospect of significant escalation of attacks on our troops and our people throughout the region. There were some reports over the weekend, if you didn't see it, that there were drone attacks on U.S. facilities over in the Middle East. He says, we're going to do what's necessary to make sure that our troops are in that position and they were protected and that we have the ability to respond. Uh, He went on to say, we won't hesitate to take the appropriate action. Um, this from the same administration that literally posted the images of our Delta Force operatives that were over there to try to help retrieve American hostages. And let me tell you, 
Somebody made up a good, made a good point last week about that when asked whether or not it was intentional. When you see a pattern of behavior, that's when you know it's not accidental, right? Their pattern of behavior that you can see it with the weaponization of the DOJ, you can see it in the media, and now you see it here with the danger that the Department of Defense and this administration and the Democrat Party have routinely put our people in. Remember Hillary Clinton with the email scheme? We had we had a special operation exercise going on in Yemen, and our people, our boots on the ground had to be yanked out of that because she exposed them. This could not have been accidental. It's not accidental, the position that they're putting, that, uh, that Iran has the means, that Iran's is con- Iran is continuing uh, uh, to attack us when they've been given $6 billion of our money. $6 billion. And that on the heels of how much Barack Obama laundered to them in his administration in an effort to give, Barack, to give Iran uh, the uh, capability to fulfill their dream and their promise to wipe the United States and Israel off the map. The Biden administration wants us in a third world war. We're going to continue this discussion on the other side of the break. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, FM 96.1, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have y'all here with me. Before the break at the open of the show, I was talking about uh, the U.S. wanting the U.S. and Bi- government and the Biden administration. I think it's pretty obvious that they want to take us into World War III, and we're literally on the brink of it. There's so many different um, ways in which you can know that um, from the funding of Iran. Uh, it's no wonder that Iran, well, not just the funding of Iran, I just had a flash in my head. It's not even just the $6 billion that were given to them in exchange for prisoner swap, which then puts uh, a target on the back of every American, right? And now we have, the, there's estimates of a couple hundred hostages. We don't know how many are Americans over there. But this plot was cooked up after the Biden administration orchestrated and manufactured the despicable, disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, intentionally shutting down an airport that would have facilitated an easy and a safe withdrawal from Afghanistan and did it in a way in which Americans were left behind Taliban lines. Americans were killed by a terrorist at the airport. And by the way, those 13 Americans that died, there were they knew that this suicide bomber was approaching there were boots on the ground that asked if they could pull the trigger and kill the suicide bomber and they were told no we also know that given the chaos they had the perfect excuse to import about 100,000 taliban and taliban sympathizing islamist into the united states of america and it was after that that Hamas began their plan for the attack into Israel. And that attack into Israel, according to the IDF, used a lot of what looked to be U.S. military weaponry that was left behind after that withdrawal. Just a couple of examples. And that's not even including your neocon war hawks in the Republican Party, like Liz Cheney, and she's not in the, she's, and the thing about uh, Liz, by the way, the reason why I mentioned her name is there's, there, her name is being floated for Speaker of the House. So don't think the rhinos have completely 
uh, lost hope or the fantasy of revising, reviving uh, the Bush, a.k.a. Obama first uh, uh, term in office legacy. Um, but of course, you can't think of the neocons and those that really are loving uh, any opportunity they can to flap their wings, talk tough, act like they're fighters for the demo- for democracy, like pushing the proxy war in Ukraine. And really what they're about is lining the pockets of their campaigns and their bank accounts. So, of course, you're thinking you're already thinking Lady Lindsey Graham, right? So Lady Graham is over in Israel with a delegation. Now, uh, including Dick Blumenthal, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sesame Broccolini, but isn't Democrat Blumenthal the dude with the stolen valor? Didn't he claim he was like a Vietnam War veteran and served over in Vietnam and might even taken some shrapnel when dude wasn't even in ROTC? He wasn't even in the ROTC, okay? I'm pretty sure that's who Dick Blumenthal was. So they're over there, the Republicans and the Democrats, cozied up. Probably flew, you know, and and those, you know, um, little like airplane, like little apartments, right, where they sat sipping on their, you know, McAllen neat, right, wearing their little luxury jammies on the flight over. Then they get there and they're doing a press conference. And during this meeting, and the part of it was not aired publicly because the images were so horrific. But according to reporters that were there, there were images of children whose eyes had been gouged out that were shown some absolutely horrific scenes. And the reason why they were shown is because there's been a lot of the gaslighting from the left, including our own government, like Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar and others claiming that that never happened. So then after that shown, they decide to take questions. I mean, well, not, you know, they really didn't want questions, right? You know, what they really wanted was affirmations. They really wanted uh, applause that the Republicans and Democrats are coming together to support Israel. But Dan Cohen, I think it's Dan, Newsmax reporter, dual citizen of Israel and America, stood up and asked Lady Graham a question that had to do with Rashida Tlaib uh, and the hospital bombing story. Sesame Broccolini, if you can play the clip. Can you turn that? Thank you. Uh, Daniel Cohen, I'm the Jerusalem correspondent for Newsmax. Um, I want to say thank you for being here. My family lives here. I made Aliyah two years ago. So this is personal. I know many people were sent from the United States and there's international press uh, from around the world. And I heard every single one of you voicing your support for Israel fervently, stridently, and, and I heard that, and I received that into my heart. And so on behalf of my family and, and people, I'm, I'm an American and an Israeli citizen, I say thank you. But it starts at home. And, and I'd like to ask any Democrat senator here that would like to speak to Rashida Tlaib. She still has a tweet up condemning Israel for a hospital attack. And uh, Stop. It's not a... No. It's a stop. fair question, Senator Graham. We are here together not to talk about the problems at home, which are many. It's a fair I've question, I've got my Senator. own view of what to say. You're Look, not going to screw this up. I'm not trying to screw it Get up. Get this guy out of here. Now, let I me tell here. you. I'm an Israeli. I want an answer to the question, please. I'm an American. And I am, too. And I believe in free speech. I don't believe what the squad has to say Thank at you. all. But I came here with Democrats and Republicans to let everybody in the world know Don't judge every Democrat by the squad and don't judge every Republican by some of the things you hear. 
where the, the where the house yeah where the house they'll get their act together but we need to do our job we need to do our job in the senate we need to pass a bill that will help israel help ukraine that's at least what i think i think the house will show up and i'm sorry my friend i probably shouldn't have said it but my nerves are raw right now <sighs> wow yeah um the anger that he showed at this reporter who's an Israeli citizen. One of the things about Dan Cohen is, I don't know if y'all know this, if you've been following the reports, but one of his family's closest friends has family that were held, are currently being held hostage. This, this is his life going on over there. I'm an American, he says to him. You're not in America. That's and that's an American, a dual American and Jewish citizen, uh, Israeli citizen who has the right to ask you a question about the government of the United States of America and their support for terrorists. Lindsey Graham wants these wars. There's the only explanation for why he would be more angry at being asked about that Rashida Tlaib lie than the fact that Tlaib is lying. Why is Rashida Tlaib still fostering the lie that Israel bombed a hospital? Because that kind of gaslighting, false narrative that Israel is a genocidal criminal operation targeting civilians is going to put more more targets on the backs of Jews. That's literally fomenting violence against Jews. And for him to go on and say, I'm not, you're not going to screw this up for me, just showed how narcissistic these people are. I, there's no way I could take a stage with Blumenthal or anybody that did stolen valor and pretended he was a war hero. That in and of, of itself is despicable. Then he goes on to say, oh, and I'm an American. I believe in free speech. Well, you didn't for Dan Cohen. Demanded a reporter from Israel be taken out of a room. Who do you think you are, man? Cohen was way too nice to him, in my opinion. Lady Graham might be might be uh, needing to use a little more cover-up tomorrow. If I had been Cohen and my wife's best friend's family is being held hostage. And then he goes on to say, oh, my nerves are raw. What are your nerves raw for, man? You got anybody you know held hostage? Your children have their eyes gouged out? Your family living with rockets coming their way? No, his what's raw is his ego. And that's what's going on. And is everything wrong with this Republican Party? Everything wrong with the U.S. government was in that sound clip right there from Lady Graham. And then goes on to say, we're here because we want the world to know that not, not all Democrats should be judged by Rashida Tlaib, and not all re Republicans should be judged by, and of course he had nothing to say, because there's absolutely nothing equivalent going on in the Republican Party. Like the anti-Semitic, pro-terrorist propaganda that Rashida Tlaib is pushing forward. And if we had an opposition party, she would be under arrest. I'm going to take a break and calm down. When we come back. We've got it. I'm telling you, Lady Graham might be trying to cover a black eye tomorrow if I was Cohen. We're going to take a break and we come back. It gets even worse. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Deep breath. 
I think I'm sufficiently calmed down enough to chat with my guest here after uh, taking a couple minutes of break. Before the break, I played that clip of Lady Graham attacking a, a an American, a dual citizen of America and Israel who dared to ask about Rashida Tlaib fomenting lies and, and violence in her anti-Semitism. But actually, at the open of the show, we were talking about how World War III is trending and also the fact that Secretary of State Antony Blinken has indicated, along with SecDef Austin, that things are looking like they're escalating and the Biden administration and our Department of Defense is ready to go. How close are we to World War Three? Um, probably way closer than any American realizes or is comfortable enough. And uh, going to war with Iran is absolutely no joke. What can we do to stop it? I'm not sure. The Biden administration and Antony Blinken have said, oh, we really don't want this war. We, you know, we're, we don't we don't want it. You know, they're the ones escalating it, really. Except the problem is, and I don't know if y'all saw Senator Ted Cruz over the weekend. The problem is he has warned about the Biden appointed Iranian spies. You heard me. Iranian spies that are working in the U.S. government here to discuss is Brandon Weikert. He's the author of The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. And he joins me now. Hi, Brandon. Thanks for being here on tonight's Andrea K. Show. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, you, you're absolutely right to bring up the, the internal enemies that we have within the Biden administration, because that's the really scary thing here is the wolf in the hen house. Yeah. And, you know, I have known for a while, thanks to Laura Loomer, that Mm -hmm. um, I never get this guy's name right. I actually pulled it to get it right. I've been reporting on this. Maher Batar. He was um, this is the first one that I knew of because Laura Loomer reported on this in 2021 that Maher Batar is a pro-Hamas, pro-BDS and anti-Israel Islamist yep. who was appointed by Joe Biden to be yep. a, a head of intelligence programs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I knew that happened in 2021, so one of the first things I thought of when this array, this Hamas attack happened in Israel was um, what did we know and when do we know it? And I mean, either we have no intelligence, no capable intelligence operation whatsoever, or they all knew it. And they were happy about it and didn't stop it, or they might have facilitated it. How wrong am I? How off am I in my questions? Well, uh, I think in terms of our intelligence capabilities, um, I think that we we really miss a lot. I think that the intelligence community is um, really focused on the wrong things. Uh, and so very often we, we miss the big ones. Um, and then also we've got, like I said, we've got sort of wolves guarding the hen house. I mean, you just pointed out uh, this individual that, that she's not the only one. Um, there's multiple people that that are pro Iran and pro Hamas and pro, uh, you know, enemies of the United States within the Biden administration. So if you're an intelligence agency, you have to report to political appointees. And in this case, the Biden political appointees are clearly pro-Iran. So you're not going to be, if you're in the intelligence community, necessarily collecting intel on targets that your bosses don't want to hear about. So you're going to do well, yeah, not only that, make them happy. 
Um, yeah, uh, Loomer, I can't verify it, but Loomer has gone on to say that sources are saying that this person, Mara Batar, uh, uh, direct, it, it purposefully uh, redirected uh, people elsewhere to look elsewhere. Um, and then on top of it, uh, Ted Cruz said this weekend that there were three Iranian spies working at senior levels within the Biden administration. He says one of the Iran sympathizers is regularly accessing classified materials while working as a yes. chief of staff in the Department of Defense. Yes. He explained in his interview that somebody named Rob Malley, uh, Malley he said, yeah. remains w- one of the greatest national security scandals. He said he was Biden's chief negotiator for Iran. He's Correct. lost his security clearance. And, and Cruz is like, how bad do you have to be to lose your security clearance in this radical White House? One right. of uh, Cruz goes on to say that one of Malley's top advisors, um, uh, you know, were recruited by the government of Iran. And according to yeah. emails... They discuss with the foreign minister of Iran that their loyalties are to the government of Iran. Right. Ted Cruz is not one to throw out stuff no. that can't be verified. This is correct, isn't it? Yes, and this is par for the course. Remember, the Obama administration at the height of the Arab Spring hired, um, and I'm forgetting his name now, but they hired a Muslim Brotherhood member to advise oh, yeah. them. So, so this is pretty typical of how the Obama-Biden wing of the Democratic Party operates. They bring the enemy within, and then they let that enemy run roughshod over our policy. Um, and, you know, in my book, I talk about the history of the rise of the Islamic Republic of Iran from the revolution onward. And one of the things that I found so interesting that I wrote about was that uh, Jimmy Carter, actually, this is not well known, Jimmy Carter was actually sending flowery love letters to Grand Ayatollah Khomeini when the Grand Ayatollah was in exile in Paris. And he was basically saying if you were to fly from Paris to Iran and you were to oust our ally, the Shah, President Carter was saying that he would welcome the Ayatollah as a replacement to the pro-American Shah. Whoa, whoa. I mean, I have always had the assumption that he allowed the Shah to fall. I yes. didn't know that he was wooing yes, he the was, Ayatollah Khomeini to come, yes, there to were come and oust the Shah. Yes, exactly. There were a series of letters. Uh, Khomeini's people, through the French, reached out to Carter, and Carter, who was having this falling out with the Shah over human rights issues and over the fact that the Shah would not <laughs> pay... Uh, the Georgia Mafia, which is the group that they were nicknamed for uh, the Carter advisors, basically the Georgia Mafia wanted to be cut in on some of the nuclear energy deals uh, that the Shah was doing over in Iran. And the Shah said no. Brown Bovary was a, a company in, I think, Switzerland. They got the deal. So there were all these sort of negative factors working against the Shah. And Carter was looking for a replacement. Now, Carter did not overthrow the Shah. But he no. did encourage uh, the, 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 the Ayatollah to come back into the picture. And he actually sent a guy named General Heiser, who was the NATO Supreme Commander. He was a U.S. Air Force general. When the Shah's generals got, tried to get the Americans and they said, hey, the Shah's going to leave, but we are his loyalists. We'll take over and make sure the Islamists don't take over. The General Heiser was deployed by Carter to go down to Tehran 
and basically told the Iranian generals that were pro-American, stand down and let the Ayatollah come, because those generals were going to arrest the Ayatollah the minute he landed. And because they well, let's, let me that, interject here in yeah. the interest of time. I've got to read your book. I've got to read your yeah. book. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, at a time in which we are we are importing intentionally and have been, especially since 20, 9-11, it's like Rush Limbaugh said, they attacked us on 9-11 and we've been apologizing to them ever since. Right. With the Democrat Party has been literally partnering. I mean, yeah. literally partnering by appointing these people inside our government. We're not just importing all these refugees here who hate us and want to kill us. They know our, they know our border is wide open and the terrorists are coming across. Um, I mean, I, 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 they now have spies within the government. They at, at the same time, they're acting as though Iran is our enemy. And it's, I, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm so blown away right now. It's like they're wanting a war with Iran. Who's their partner? Why? Well, you have to understand also the Biden administration is trying to figure out how they can win a, re- a reelection campaign. And if you look at Woodrow Wilson in World War One, if you look at FDR in World War Two, Harry Truman even in Korea, uh, and certainly LBJ in Vietnam, all of those names I just listed were the top four most progressive Democrat presidents of the last century. And they all got us into wars, major, major wars, and that helped them actually get votes. And so my thinking is, um, first of all, the Biden people clearly are enamored, like Carter was and like Obama was, of the Islamist element. They truly believe the Islamists in Iran truly represent the will of the Iranian people. Of course, they don't. And then also Biden needs this conflict, whether it's in Ukraine or in the Middle East or elsewhere. He needs it to galvanize people behind him so he can win re-election because right now it is not looking good for him. No. Well, and and th- I got Yeah, you're right. I, I, I was missing the connection there because I'm like, I get why they're importing them all here, because what we share with the regime in Iran is uh, and, and with Islamists in general is uh, they believe in a centralized system of power. Right. Uh, right. With control Absolutely. over the citizens. And the Democrats want to replicate that here. Um, and the Islamists love the Democrats here because even though the Democrats don't get on their knees necessarily and pray to Allah, I mean, they're a natural partner. I didn't get the yeah, benefit. The from, access. Yeah. Yes, I just didn't get the connection between why is the Biden administration literally fomenting war with Iran? Well, because they can they can st- they can pretend to the American people that they're not friends with Iran and that they're fighters for our democracy and everything you said here, thinking it's going to help pave the way. Um, for re-election, uh, or and possibly if it's World War Three, Brandon, it could be an excuse to not even hold elections. Tell everybody how they can read your book. I think that for people to truly understand everything that's going on in the world, they need to understand where the war on terror came about. And I've always said it came about after the Shah fell. Yeah, I know you're right, and you can follow me uh, on Twitter at We the Brandon. Um, also, you can find my books online, Amazon.com, or anywhere books are sold. Um, the last name is spelled W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T, and you can find me that way. And uh, give me a follow and give me a like. Thank you so much for being here. The book is Thank The you. Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. Thanks, Brandon. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. More Andrea K. Show on the other side. Don't go away. 
K, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I got to bring in my dude here, my Sesame Broccolini. I was like so like incensed over uh, Lady Graham and her ridiculous attack on an Israeli journalist. And then I had Brandon Weikert on. Uh, I got to bring you in, my dude. Uh, first of all, let's start with Lady Graham. Yeah, there's a lot you could say about Lindsey Graham. I, I honestly, I can't believe he keeps getting elected. I I, I don't know what his yeah. ground game is or, or who keeps voting for him, but this is maybe the best person to represent the pro-establishment propaganda. And just what careless, uh, I mean... W- he clearly doesn't have much regard for people beyond himself. Um, he must have an right. ego the size of Montana, but the way he responds to that dual citizen in Israel is just so revealing because it lets you know that none of this is really about actually supporting the Israeli government, the Israeli people, no. the Jewish community. Right. I don't think Lindsey Graham actually cares about Jewish people or protecting even mm-hmm. the Israeli state. I think he's a go-along-to-get-along guy who plays ball with the establishment, and that's his thing, that's his lane. Um, but what a bad temper and what a terrible show during wartime mm-hmm. in Israel where you know on the yeah. same ground where this attack where this attack happened and the same ground that's been under attack for thousands of years it's like just read the room Lindsay. i I don't know i just can't believe that we have to call that guy a taxpayer funded politician we pay him he keeps getting voted in how who who is putting this man back in office and what and why and they're using our taxpayer money to go over there on this trip to treat somebody like that for what he says we're here so we can show everybody that not all Democrats are like Rashida Tlaib. Why is a Republican over there trying to convince the world? It, and that's not the reason, by the way. But let's say it is. Why? That's not a good use of taxpayer money for a Republican Party to be over there trying to defend. Basically, he's saying, if that's true, uh, that they're there to try to prove to the world that not all Democrats are, are like Rashida Tlaib. Why? Why do the Republican Party continue to see their job as being propping up the Democrats I, because there's no daylight. We haven't even talked about the speaker yet. That's coming up for next hour. And the, the and, and who the Republican party uh, wants to shove down their, our, our throat is farther left than Hillary Clinton. And that's Tom Emmer, but continuing on with Lindsey Graham, I'm sick and tired of these taxpayer funded jaunts for them to fly around the world for no apparent reason. They're in a war over there. What the hell is Lindy Graham doing over there and Dick Blumenthal and all the rest of them? I'm tired of these shows. It's like, why light the Middle East on fire and then go over there for what, a PR? For, for a photo yeah. op? Like, that's literally... Yeah. And then he's so quick. And look, Iran is evil. The Iranian regime is hostile. I don't... But that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to go bombing Tehran immediately because there's been it's like he's so quick to rope us into another prolonged military engagement. And it will be our sons and daughters and neighbors that go fight that war. He's not going to be serving on the front lines, so he doesn't have to feel the pain of his own policies. He just pushes for war so, so quickly. It's like that's the only thing he knows how to do. He doesn't know how to actually solve problems. Whatever happened to diplomacy? This country used to be known for diplomacy. Ronald Reagan brought down the Berlin Wall without ever dropping a bomb on Joseph yeah. Stalin. But these these cowards today, like Lindsey Graham, they have no interest in actually preventing conflict. There is no idea of liberal order anymore, rules-based system anymore. It's just a free-for-all, all on the taxpayer dime. And look, I, I, I don't want to be the I don't want to be this guy, but look, Israel's going through their own thing. I get it. 
I just don't understand if it's a photo op for him or what it is, but it's like, what? let's just focus on our own problems here at home. Don't right. go exploit well, that crisis is, for your own. Well, excuse me for interrupting. I just had a thought. It, well, what he's clearly about, because he goes on to say in that clip, you know, um, we're, you know, one of his reasons for being there was to try to drum up support, you know, for the bill for 100, because he is 100% behind the Biden aid package that includes nothing for the United States security. 60 billion for Ukraine and only 14 billion for Israel. What in the world is he doing over there talking about Ukraine? If you're Israeli right now, you're sitting there going, what, what the, huh? What, uh, why are you in Israel? Just, just having witnessed pictures of babies with their eyes gouged out. And you're talking about Ukraine that doesn't affect Israel and doesn't affect America. But that's really, and we got to remember too, uh, um, the, what Ukraine is all about is it's a money laundering scheme, primarily with campaign contributions to both Republicans and Democrats. That's what's going on. But I want to play a clip from Corrine Jean-Pierre. Because um, if you're Jewish, you need to be asking yourself why you would ever vote for a Democrat. Quite frankly, after Lindsey Graham, I'm not sure why anybody would vote Republican either. But Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked today if Biden is concerned about a potential rise of anti-Semitism. And her response is what I have been talking about for years and years and years. Sesame, if you can play that clip. His level of concern right now about the potential rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on in Israel. So a couple of things. Um, look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threats. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats. Uh, and so I uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate fueled attacks and certainly president biden understands that many of our muslim arab there i mean she's asked about the rise of anti-semitism and she pivots and says muslim americans have endured a lie that they've endured a disproportionate number of hate-fueled attacks by the way anybody seen the video out there of the old man in rashida Tlaib's district yes in minneapolis yep in minneapolis in rashida Tlaib's district an old white man, they probably thought he was Jewish, attacked by a pro-Hamas mob and somebody running for city council there was chasing after him and shouting, find that man, find that man. After every terror attack we've had, what is the first thing that they do, usually through CARE, the Council for American Islamic Relations, is caution about Islamophobia. They don't care about you, America, and they certainly don't care about Jews. That's just the harsh reality. We're going to take a break. Hour two of tonight's Andrea Keisha coming up. Another day without a speaker. Do you care? I don't, but we're going to talk about it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.